Alrighty, so last week we watched uh, Third Rock from the Sun. We were watching sitcoms uh, with aliens in them, which led us to that. And uh, of course, it holds up pretty well. Definitely a classic of the 90s. But as I was uh, looking up the details about Third Rock from the Sun, I noticed it was by Bonnie and Terry Turner. And I was like, I think I know those names. And when I looked them up, it was that they did the 70s show. So we're like, wow, these like classic sitcoms of the 90s were both by this same husband and wife team. How, uh, how awesome for them. <laughs> you know, they did well in that decade. So uh, then I, looking into them, saw that there was this... It's amazing how I just don't know about stuff anymore. Back in the day, especially when I worked at a comic shop, I knew every stupid nerd thing that was happening. I would have known about that 90s show a year before it came out, probably. Now I'm like, oh, this came out a few months ago. I never even heard of it. <laughs> I brought it up to people, and they're like, oh, yeah, you didn't know about that? But I'm, like, glad that I didn't know. It's nicer to just, oh, what a nice surprise. You know, because when you're, like, anticipating these things and then... You build them up and then it's just some show. It's kind of better to just be surprised. So that 90s show was certainly a surprise to me. I'm like, oh, they did a new That 70s Show. How? Okay. So let's check that out. So then you mentioned when I brought that up last week, we could do just watch a, a 70s show episode and a 90s show episode. Sort of just, you know, see them side by side. So then I thought if we're going to do that, there's the redheaded stepchild of that franchise, that 80s show, which is no one remembers, no one liked. Never even got released on DVD, so it's really bad quality, the, the episodes I found, because it's just whoever taped it off VHS back in the day. It looks like crap. So, <laughs> so I figured we could watch a 70s show, an 80s show, just to prime us to check out that 90s show. Sure, and you know what? We may be pleasantly surprised by that 80s show. Probably yeah. won't be, but we could be. <laughs> right. We could be, because there have been a few things that we've watched that we went in very negative, and we said, hey, not bad. Well, I tried to put that 80s show's best foot forward. So basically, even though we've uh, noticed in the past that usually it's best, if you want to get a, an idea of a sitcom, the first and the last episode is not the best place to go, but I thought, just for the heck of it, let's watch the final episode of that 70s show. Because we actually watched it a little while ago on the podcast. So we remember that show pretty well. But I haven't seen the finale since it aired originally in like 2006 or whatever. And what I remember about it is that 70s show started in 1977 because they go to see Star Wars. And then each season was like a, it was like a couple of seasons per year. So by the time they got to the end... It was New Year's Eve 1979, which is just an awesome way to end it. It's like the final episode of the show. After this, it's the 80s. So, of course, the show has to end. It's that 70s show. So that that's all I remember about it, but that's cool. And that final season in general was terrible because Eric and Kelso both had left the show, and Eric especially, you know, Eric Foreman, the, the son. Mm -hmm. I mean, he held that whole show together. Everybody on the show was good, but he was extra good. So without him, it was like, man, why are we even doing this? They brought in this character named Randy, who I feel bad for that actor, because he just, not only is he trying to fill these shoes, his character was awful. Nothing likable about him. <laughs> so, so I don't know how much Randy's in this episode. He moved in with them, wasn't he? Yeah, I don't even remember the story. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, if he's some relation or a nephew or somebody, I don't remember either. And the other thing I remember is because, you know, the sort of classic romance in the show had always been the handsome dude Kelso and the prissy princess chick uh, Jackie but the show went on for so long it went on like eight years so Jackie started dating Hyde the uh, guy with the curly hair and at this point if I remember right she was dating Fez the foreign exchange student because they just were running out of people 
<laughs> like everything about that 70s show, as good as it was, everything had fallen apart by this season. It was all over. So, uh, but I think for this final episode, everybody came back. It'll probably be an all right episode. So that 80s show, I looked up some, some details about this. So that 80s show is an American television sitcom set in 1984 that aired from January to May 2002 on Fox. Even though it had a similar name, show structure, and many of the same writers and production staff, it was not a direct spin-off of that 70s show. The characters and storylines from the two shows never crossed paths. It was a separate, decade-based show created as a result of that 70s show's popularity, and the show was canceled after 13 episodes. <laughs> so I'll tell you though what I remember most from this episode, or from this uh, show, is it was way worse. It was always that 70s show came on and then that 80s show was right after it. So it's like, okay, I guess I'll watch it. But it was painful, especially early on, just brutal. But there was this guy, Glenn Howerton, who was the main dude. And he sucked in this show. He's a boring character, nothing interesting about him. But he went on to be on that show, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, about the three mm -hmm. guys that own the bar. And he's Dennis Reynolds, one of the all-time great characters in sitcom history. He's like this weird, creepy, sex addict sociopath, and he's amazing. So I was like, wow, that's the guy from that 80s show, the most bland, milk toast character who's ever been. But it's not the actor's fault because then this other character he played is an all-timer. Like, it's just everyone's favorite character. It's just amazing. So that's interesting that this was one of his first jobs and uh, they didn't know what an awesome actor they had. They gave him nothing. However, the one other thing I remember about that 80s show is by the end of its illustrious 13-episode run, it was getting better. And this one week in particular, I just remembered they were on a beach. So I looked it up, and this is Season 1, Episode 12, Beach Party, where it was just a particularly bad week for that 70s show. It was this one really schmaltzy episode where... Donna was dating Kelso's older brother and Eric was like, no, you can't because we're meant to be together. It was like really shit. So for that one week and only that one week, I remember thinking like, I actually liked that 80s show better this week. That's weird. And then one week later it was canceled. <laughs> so, so that's to give that 80s show its best possible chance of being good. I found that one episode that I remembered being, like, I was like, oh, I didn't hate that, but we'll see. And basically that 80s show, it's just that guy, Glenn Howerton, he's a, he's a wannabe musician, he works at a music store. There was this cool punk girl who worked at the uh, music store who he didn't get along with because he's, you know, an 80s yuppie and she's a cool punk. But because the ratings were so bad and everyone hated the show so much, they're already dating at this point. They had to fast forward that storyline. Like, let's please do something that someone will like. And then it got canceled. So, uh, so yeah, we'll watch the finale of that 70s show, which was season 8, episode 22 from 2006, and season 1, episode 12 of that 80s show. And like I said, that 80s show uh, never got released on DVD. Who would buy it? Who would want it? <laughs> it's not on any of the streaming services. It hasn't been available since it was on TV. So you can easily find it on YouTube and stuff, but all of the, the versions, I found torrents, I found stuff on SoulSeek, everywhere I looked for it, they all look like crap because they're just, again, like some, somebody probably taped that 70s show and accidentally taped that 80s show and then put it in their closet and 20 years later they put it on the internet and it looks like garbage. But it's, the, it's all we got. <laughs> so, so yeah, that 80s show is clearly hardly, again, not even really related. But I just figured since we're doing this anyway, 
This is, we're certainly not going to do a whole episode about that 80s show. This is its one chance to be remembered for a brief shining moment. So we'll do those, and then uh, we'll come back after and watch some of that 90s show and see how that went. So, okay, off to a rough start, <laughs> but so yeah, that 70s show, I mean, it was kind of your standard finale, a lot of like, oh, I'll miss you forever, schmaltzy, blah, blah, blahs, and, uh, and that 80s show, man, I mean, if, if, I mean, that 70s show must have been really bad that week, <laughs> if, I, if that was the week, because I do distinctly remember that beach episode thinking like, oh, this show's getting better. So imagine how bad it must have been before this. <laughs> well, I didn't find it that bad, actually. I was obviously spoofing a whole lot of, well, as we said, the, the corporate scenes were spoofing Dallas. Right, which, I mean, but I think those were the best by far. The uh, record store girl, gal, woman, and then the girl, it was so, so free. And right, but that was miserable. Nothing about that no, was funny. No, but that <laughs> seems like a spoof on something, too. I just can't think of what it is. A spoof on the, 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 the idea of comedy, maybe? So, I mean, I think generally, though, with those two in general, the thing we kept kind of mentioning as we were watching them is the, the laugh track, the insanely overbearing laugh track, which I did read that that 90s show is filmed in front of a live studio audience. So I went and looked up the old ones and they were as well. But even just listening to it, I do wonder what what that means because there's no way a live audience could be that perfectly trained, right? They're like circus seals. They exactly laugh the exact right amount at all the little moments. So I feel like they must, even if there was a live audience, surely those laughs are still Yeah, those piped laughs in. don't sound real because they all sounded at the same pitch and the same time frame, too, whereas if somebody's laughing in a real audience, every once in a while you'll hear somebody's laughter that's, like, right out of whack, and you can pick them out. Or, but, like, uh, an example is the Monty Python guys. I remember mentioning that they did their stuff with a live audience, and they're like, you can really tell. Sometimes they did not get the joke, and they just didn't laugh. <laughs> where these people never don't laugh and i think that's the main problem here is like when uh third rock is doing well or or that 70s show is having a good episode and the jokes are funny you don't notice as much but episodes like these that weren't that good they're really uh leaning on the laughing they just know that if they talk with the rhythm of a joke it doesn't matter that there's no joke because the laugh will still be there and I think that is just something shows can't get away with anymore. No. Well, I found that very, very annoying, especially in that show. Now, in that 80s show, I didn't find the laugh track or whatever it is. I didn't find it as annoying. In, in that 70s show, oh, I could hardly stand watching it. Like, it was almost every line that somebody said they had to laugh. Yeah, and I think it did help a lot in that 80s show that it seems like they were pivoting away from... It's like maybe they realized that the dad was surprisingly entertaining or maybe it's just because they had what was her name morgan fairchild maybe so because i don't remember him being in the show that much but this one had way more of the the dallas business merger stuff and that was by far the best parts and this one it had that 80 show it was like three little shows in one big show it really didn't have a whole lot of connection between the the, the three shows right 
But, and I'd say, though, besides the, the Dallas-style stuff, to me, those other two were just as bad as that 70s show in the sense of they're not saying jokes. Nothing they're saying is funny, but the laughter is, like, so uproarious, and it's like, yikes. I, I had seen that 70s show before, and I, I kind of enjoyed it. But if, if I had never seen either of those shows, and just based on those two shows that I just saw back-to-back here, I'd pick that 80s show. Yeah, although, I mean, what they really make me think in general, and I mean, to be fair to that 70s show, like, it was at least a year past its sell-by date, you know? And it's funny, that guy Randy, I was saying how terrible he was, he was only in that one scene. He just said one thing in the kitchen. They're like, you get out of here. <laughs> you don't even get to be in the final scene. But, uh, so, I mean, yeah, that 70s show, that's obviously, you can't... Uh, you can't judge that yeah. series on that last show. Because, yeah, that obviously... It was pretty schmaltzy. But, uh, but that 80s show, watching that again, just that that was, you know, even that I have any fond memories of that at all, what I'm thinking now watching it back is, why did I watch it ever? <laughs> but it's only because it was on right after that yeah. 70s show. It was easier to watch it than to not watch it. But I'm like disappointed in myself. Like, why the fuck was I even yeah, watching it this? Was like three, it, it was definitely like three little episodes put in one show, but no, no, no real purpose for them. Yeah. Although the acting, I thought, was excellent, especially those, the corporate girls. Yeah. And the, the big corporate power who really wasn't powerful at all. That was the, although the, the record store scenes, those two women acting off each other, they interacted very well, too. I guess, but it was just, yeah, like the definition of pointlessness. But, but it was like three little, little skits. That's, that's what I'm trying to think. It was like three little skits that had really no solid connection as to why why they were. Yeah, I think that's the thing too, is like obviously Third Rock has a very distinct point of just aliens trying to learn about humans. And that 70s show in its own way had a very distinct point too of we're just the kids in the basement with the tough dad who lives upstairs and we're just trying to not get yelled at, you know, and just hang out. That 80s show really has no purpose at all. It's totally nebulous. So yeah, that's a, I guess that's a lesson we could take into our futures if we ever become sitcom showrunners. <laughs> but I'm curious about how that 90s show is going to go because the I didn't look into it that much. But what I did look into, it's basically the exact same format. It's going to feel exactly like those shows. It's got the laugh track. It's got the audience. It's got all the stuff. How's that going to work nowadays, now that no one uses laugh tracks anymore and you can't get away with just having your characters say something pithy and have everybody fucking fall down dying of laughter? <laughs> I, I kind of have a, a bad feeling in a way that I think that 90s show is going to probably not be that good. <laughs> but I mean, it'll be interesting just to see that style brought into the modern age and just see how it goes. So I figure, yeah, we'll take a little break before we watch those. But let me give you the rundown first. Let's set it up. So, for that 90s show, all the actors returned except uh, Stephen Hyde, the kid who had the curly hair. And I was like, oh, I wonder why. Turns out he's been accused of multiple sexual assaults and is currently on trial for these things. So, uh, and it's, I mean, there's not hard evidence against him. They had like a hung jury and had to restart the trial, but he's, uh, but it's one of these cases where he was accused by like five different people. So I know you're innocent till proven guilty, but that's not quite Bill Cosby levels, but that's getting to the point where it's like, ah, doesn't sound good. <laughs> Probably it's true. So that's a bummer. I didn't know about that. So uh, he's not on the show, but everybody else apparently does show up at various points. But instead of going through everybody, I thought I'd just take the main four and just what 
what where did their careers go what happened to them in between between that 70s show and that 90s show so Topher Grace he played Eric which like I was saying I think he is the linchpin of that show he was just always an excellent actor just super hilarious the show didn't work at all once he left uh so his career was pretty okay he was in quite a few things he's got quite famous but kind of unfortunately I think the thing he's most famous for is he played Venom in Spider-Man 3 who's the black suit Spider-Man that's like evil and big teeth and everyone hated that movie. I kind of liked it because I was a projectionist when it came out so I watched it for free many times in like Stockholm Syndrome (laughs) but everyone hates it and that's what he's mostly remembered for sadly. Uh, Laura Prepon who played Donna got off to a real bad start because she starred in the movie Carla which was probably a relatively obscure crime to Americans but that's Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka, extremely famous Canadian case. Yes, okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that was a movie that, especially here in Canada, was not uh, that could looked... wreck your career? Not looked upon well, yeah, because it just seemed so exploitative because these people murdered, like, oh, oh, they, the couple they, that murdered, they like, three girls. creeps, both of them. Yeah, yeah, and the, basically the story of Carla Homolka is that because she testified against Paul Bernardo, she got off way lighter, but as more came out it's like she was easily as culpable as him oh yeah she claimed that she was victimized by paul bernardo too but at the end of the day it appeared that she was actually the ringleader or i mean and i think he did he did beat her a lot and stuff but it was very weird it, was, it takes two to tango <laughs> to put a flippant yeah. term to this horrible crime but to play that part um sometimes the, playing those parts of those kind of living people that are so evil really can damage your career rather than enhance it. Yeah, so, I don't, hey, that, uh, it's kind of a gutsy move on this one's part to do that. And I think, again, it's like, I think if she was Canadian, she just wouldn't have done it. It's just because to Americans, it's more of an obscure thing. But, uh, and I, I don't know, she never commented on it that I could find, but the guy who played Paul Bernardo, he said he very much regretted it because, you know, he met one of the survivors later and just, he just felt bad about it. I think everybody felt bad about that movie. It was just, you know, some bullshit. However... Laura Prepon did bounce back after this because uh, she had a role on the prison comedy drama Orange is the New Black. That was one of the first big famous Netflix shows. So after that, she did okay. Uh, Deborah Jo Rupp played the mom. She's just in dozens and dozens of things. TV, stage, her career is insane. Just, she's, what hasn't she done? Just Yes, and she's very visible in all those things. I mean, I can't think of anything specific that she's been in, but as soon as you see her... You know it's her. She's got that voice and that thing about her. the the um, the gal that does Lisa Simpson is right. the Yard- same Yardley Smith. Y- Yardley Smith. There's something about her voice, and this one's voice is is the same. You know exactly who she is as soon as you see her. That's one of those things too. I think I might have uh, brought this up when we originally watched that '70s show. But one reason why uh, Kitty is the character's name, why she's a little over the top, is her first appearance. In the first episode of that 70s show, it was the kids down in the basement were doing one of their, like, imagining an adult uh, party. Like, I wonder what the adults are doing right now. And they do that dream sequence thing. So she played the character as she thought the teenagers would envision her, you know, so over the top, like a little too much. But then that just became how she was all the time because she couldn't. She's like, whoops, maybe that was the wrong move because... The audience kind of didn't get that that was a dream sequence. They just thought that was how she is. But it, I think it worked out for the show overall. Uh, Kurtwood Smith plays the dad. He's also in a zillion things. Oh, yeah, million things, that guy. And what I most know him for is uh, he played Clarence Boddicker in Robocop. 
Can you fly, Bobby? Which is similar to uh, John Lithgow. And John Lithgow. Yeah. Where, you know, Clarence Boddicker is an evil man. <laughs> so I always thought, like, oh, that's that evil guy from Robocop. <laughs> and uh, another weird little detail about him. Kurtwood Smith's mother was a fan of a country singer, some country singer named Kurt something in the early 40s. So she wanted to name her son after this guy. However, she thought Kurt Smith was too short of a name, so she just added wood. She just tacked it on at the end, he said. So Smith has said that he's likely the only person named Kurtwood. Because it's, it's not a name, it's just a name his mom made up. <laughs> but it sounds all right, Kurtwood Smith's kind of cool. Uh, and then, yeah, like I said, I think everybody else shows up at random times, so I don't know if they'll be in the episodes we watch. But, uh, but that 90s show is set in the summer of 1995, and it's Eric and Donna's daughter is now the main character. And it's uh, one of these Netflix shows where Netflix, they can just throw money at a, at a show and make it appear. You know, they've done this many times where they bring shows back from the dead or just like new seasons of old shows. And just the most recent Netflix thing we watched is they did that Sandman show where we watched the episode mm-hmm. where he talks to Hob Gadling every hundred years, which that show, I, I finally watched them all. It's good. That's the best episode, but they're all pretty good. So yeah, Netflix is in this weird point now where they have a lot more competition than they used to. There's Amazon Prime and Disney Plus and all this stuff. So they're not doing as well as they used to, but they're still doing well enough that they can just snap their fingers. It's like magic. They can just say like, hey, that 90s show, here's some money. Just go make it. So here it is. Like no network has to green light it. The ratings don't matter. It's already been uh, renewed for a second season. So so here it is. <laughs> I guess we'll see. And it's also the live studio audience and... Uh, that's, I guess, what I'm most interested in, is they did not update the style. Because I guess maybe people wouldn't like that. If they did a weird, that 90s show without a laugh track, people would maybe just be like, well, what the hell is this? So from what I understand, it's it's just that 70s show again. 20 years <laughs> later with a laugh track. If not 30 years later, 2020? 20, 20? No, I guess 2006 yeah. is when it ended. So yeah, about 20 years later. No, but I mean the the genre is 20 years later. Yeah, of course, which is also, that's kind of neat too, because that's one thing I didn't realize so much, because I was a teen in the 90s, and all my favorite bands are from the 90s. I still love that grunge fashion. Everything to me that was ever cool is the 90s. But I didn't know this at the time. I only realized later. It was this guy, Mike Patton, who, uh, from Faith No More and Alternative Metal, he didn't like all that grunge stuff and... Pearl Jam and Nirvana and he's like this music this is shit it's just the 70s again and I was like wait is it so then I started looking into the 70s and yeah like if you listen to Led Zeppelin and then you listen to Pearl Jam it's like oh my god he's right all the stuff I thought was cool in the 90s is just the 70s again so it's kind of appropriate that that 70s show is now into that 90s show because to me those two eras are very connected they are the more you look into them the more similar they are so so hey could work we'll see uh, the last little thing I want to do before we start it is just, I was curious what they would do about the theme song, because that 70s show had this cool Big Star song as the theme song. That 80s show had this cool Killing Joke song. 80s, I'm living in the 80s. So I was like, what are they going to do for the 90s? All they did is a rocked up version of the 70s show theme. Kind of disappointing. But I found this guy on YouTube, this guy named uh, Mac Glocky, I think is his name. Anyway, he did an alt-metal version of that 70s show theme. They should have used this. This is the, is the coolest 90s sounding version of the 70s show theme I've ever heard. It's way better than the one they really use. So let me just play this to, to lead us in. I figure we'll just watch first and last episode of, uh, of that 90s show because it won't be, you know, 
the last episode like it was of that 70s show because it's just the last episode of the season so that i figured that'll that should be okay in this case but yeah listen to this it's so cool i love this guy's version of this theme song I definitely feel like that joke I made last week that uh, the ultimate that 90s show would just be to take friends and retitle it that 90s show. I still think that's true. That would be a more representative 90s show. But uh, as for this one, I mean, I definitely, it felt like two different shows. You know, like I loved seeing the old people. I was surprised how well that worked. All the old characters just felt the same. They all you know, it all works. And if anything, it seems like the new star of the show is the mom, who's now the grandmother. <laughs> like She was like the key person. And obviously, uh, Topher Grace. I mean, I just think he's, I just think that guy's so funny. <laughs> so, so he was cracking me up the whole time. But the new kids, yeah, I mean, I don't know. None, I, I wouldn't tune in again for any of their misadventures. I wonder misadventures. if maybe you don't relate to them so well because you would have been, they would have been of your generation, those people. Oh, you mean the original or whatever? No, no, the people who are playing people in the 90s, teens in the 90s, right? mid-90s, that would have been you. Yeah, I guess so, although, I mean... I, Whereas I, in the 70s shows, you're, you're watching people who were teenagers 20 years younger. Although I'd say if you look at it that way, though, since that 70s show actually came out in the 90s, I would say those characters were more representative of what teenagers in the 90s were actually like than whatever the fuck these people were doing, <laughs> you know? Like, whatever, this just felt wildly generic, those people. None of them had characters that I found remotely realistic or <laughs> and uh, nothing 90s-ish about them at all. I just think they weren't interesting. I mean, I don't even remember their names, you know? And, uh, I mean, that's kind of one of the things all of these shows do is they, they don't hire people that are previously known like all those people from that 70s show were new. All the people from that 80s show were new. In that case, it didn't work. All these people are new. And uh, yeah, I don't know, just that 70s show, that cast was so good. Like all of those people were funny, <laughs> you know? And then the parents too. I mean, I don't know, do you feel different? Did you, did you were you just uh, incredibly entertained by the rollicking adventures of these no, but I wasn't, I wasn't rollickly entertained by either group. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fair. I'll certainly give you that. Like, uh, I, it's probably more my nostalgia for the old show that makes me find all those other characters. And man, talk about weird, right? Like, Kelso and Jackie just, hey, we're here. This guy is our fucking kid, apparently. And then when we jump to the end, obviously we missed all the middle ones, but Fe here's Fez. Fez is just banging the lady next door and... Uh, Every, it's his, he's in his late 30s and everyone still calls him Fez. They still haven't given him a name. <laughs> it's like, come on. But uh, yeah, I mean, it does definitely, yeah, I mean, maybe it is just because I watched that 70s show so much. But yeah, I was far more entertained by the old characters. But the, the old characters in the new show are like, they're, they're like the same people, like they never grew up. The only yeah. ones who grew up was, was Donna. 
Yeah. <laughs> Donna's the only one who seems to be a responsible parent. The others are all just like themselves. They're yeah, and, and I think in Eric's case, that's what made me find his stuff especially funny because it's ludicrous that he has not grown up at all. <laughs> it's actually kind of a, a reversion because in the actual That 70s Show, he moved to Africa and moved on with his life, did all this stuff. Where, yeah, he's like regressed now. It's ridiculous. Like he's exactly the same as he was when he was 16. But the others are too. When you yeah. think about it, Fez is the same. Yeah, and, and if anything, they've they've amped up the grandma even more. She's even more neurotic and weird. But, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I thought all that stuff was pretty funny, pretty entertaining. Like, because it's so much so that, again, maybe it is just, I don't know. And maybe it's just that the actors are better. But it's weird because it's obviously not two writing teams. It's the same team, whoever, writing all of this stuff. But I felt like they're telling jokes that are kind of funny and Eric is saying dumb stuff and, you know, the dad's still just foot in the ass, but whatever, that's his shtick. And then as soon as they go downstairs to the teens, it's like, whoa, where'd all the jokes go? Mm. What the hell just happened? Like, and maybe these writers just couldn't keep up the, the momentum. They've already done it. Like they already did the they already did all this stuff in that '70s show, <laughs> yeah. and this '90s show is kind of like a repeat performance. Yeah, maybe it even feels that way to them. Maybe they feel the same way I feel that they're like, oh, I get to write a new joke for Eric to say something nerdy, and his dad to look at him funny. Ha <laughs> ha, great. Uh, and then downstairs, I don't know, there's some football kid who's... Uh, there's like two Kelsos now. There's Kelso's actual kid, and then there's this football kid who's also dumb. <laughs> it's like, come on. <laughs> and then when real Kelso comes through the door, he's still funnier than both of them. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a tough... Because, again, that 80s show also failed at this. At like, let's get a new ensemble and let's make them stars... And it, it worked in that 70s show, but it didn't work in that 80s show, and I don't think it's going to work in this one. If these people become a beloved ensemble, I'll, uh, I'll be a monkey's uncle. But again, it got renewed because it's Netflix. Netflix doesn't need ratings. They don't care. It's a subscription service, whatever. But if that was on TV, it's out of here. <laughs> so, so far, there's only been one season of this 90 show? Yeah, 10 episodes, and the next one is 16 episodes. But yeah, so that's even fewer episodes than that 80 show. And yeah, if this was, uh, I feel like if this show was on network TV the way that 80 show was and had advertisements and had to get numbers, it would also be canceled. I feel like this is more like that 80 show than it is like that 70 show in the sense of a, uh, you know, I didn't hate it, but it's not like I'm, a, I, I just can't imagine like, oh, I should sit down and watch all those. However, if Eric was in all of the episodes and not just that first one, maybe I would. Because that's how much I love Topher Grace. I mean, that guy is just hilarious. He reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you ever saw the show Arrested Development, but there's this kid, Michael Sarah, who's from Brampton. <laughs> but he also was like a 16-year-old, just random guy that they hired who had no one knew who he was. And he's just so funny. He's like the funniest guy in the world, and he's still funny. And uh, yeah, so I mean, that, with Eric, I'll absolutely give it to you that I think if the average person watched that, they'd be like, what's so funny about that guy? But because in my whole youth, he was just like, he's like our funny guy <laughs> from our generation. And so that, that type of humor, that and the mom, I really just think that, that she just nailed it with all this, like, it was so, it's so nice when you're all here. And then the house is so lonely when you leave. And then I go to mom's grave and talk to her about how lonely I am. Like just the guilt trip on top of a guilt trip. Like that's, that's great stuff. And then the rest of it, yeah, whatever. So. Well, there too, you're watching it from the, from the vantage point of a 
person that's so much older. I guess that's what I was trying to say earlier. When you watch that 70s show, you were younger. Now you're older and you're watching uh, like a regurgitation of that 70s show, but 20 years later. Right. It, the way the show was done out. I think one of the things, too, about that 70s show that made it so beloved to my generation is that it really did capture that feeling. I mean, even at that time, you know, I was living at your house and, you know, Matt and the Hardings would all just come over and hang out and we were all just hung out at the house. And that 70s show with Red's basement and all the kids coming over to hang out down there, it really had that feeling of, and uh, that show Freaks and Geeks felt like that too, of like you just go hang out with your friends. Yeah, but and it's, it's something you could relate to because that's what you guys were doing. And it's a surprisingly hard thing, I think, to capture, to, you know, feel like they're actually friends. Because it didn't feel that way in that 80s show, and I didn't feel it in that 90s show either, you know. So, so if anything, it's not even so much a criticism of those other shows. It's more uh, a, a credit to that 70s show. It's like, man, they really nailed that. And uh, it's not... Uh, Apparently not easy to do, because <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't feel that they're, uh, this new group has got a lot of legs. Hard to say. Hard to say. I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, like, where you were at the time when the 70s show became such a big thing for you. Because sometimes that's, uh, it's that, it's that, that age that you're at, that feeling that you're at. Then later, when you go back and look at it, let's say 10, 15, 20 years later, it's it's not the same because you're not in that time and in that place and in that space. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I could, in theory, I can see that, but just I think the reality is that 70s show was just uh, everybody in it was really good. And it just, uh, you know, yeah, sometimes and, things just come and together. What I, and what I saw of it, what I remember of it, which I didn't get from watching this, this last show here especially, uh, but I had that, uh, you know, I felt that they all interacted really well and it was, it, it was a good show. Because if you recall too, like when we did that 70s show the first time, it was because there's that British version and the British version didn't gel at all but the American version did. So I think that's the same the same feeling I'm getting. It's just that 70s show just felt better. It just, it felt nice to watch where I just feel like secondhand embarrassment with that 80s show and that 90s show of like, you guys are trying, you're just trying so hard. And although I guess, yeah, that's one thing we should mention is that the live studio audience and the laugh track in that 90s show feels a lot more down to earth. Yeah, feels more natural and more accepting Whereas uh, that first one, uh, oh, it was annoying. It was just too much. Yeah, it was just, it, it was, was like on and off, right? It was overpowering things. Like a light switch. Yeah. Laugh, 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 turn it off. Yeah. Turn on the laughs, turn it off. <laughs> and, and when you said, well, they were, it was in a live audience, I said, well, geez, and somebody must be holding up the cue card and right. they're putting it down and putting it up, putting it down because. And that, yeah, we noticed even that the, the earlier like live audiences they didn't even do the things you would expect the like ahs or whatever in the sen sentimental moments where in the netflix one they did yes they did and some it, yeah somebody gets together and kisses of course the audience is going to say oh especially in that 70s show where you had been waiting for so long from show to show to show to watch something happen and then it happens and there's no reaction from the audience uh, no that that was a fake that had to be fake all that all that laughter had to be fake so, uh, so yeah, and then I guess it'll probably be another uh, 20 years until that uh, 2000 show. So I guess we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what's going on. Yeah, and I guess that's one thing to have surprised about, too, is the more you watch it, you start to see 
the bags under people's eyes or that they're wearing a lot of makeup. But when people first showed up, I was pretty surprised that everybody pretty much looked the same. And especially Fez. Man, Fez is still looking good. He looks like he's 20. It's well, crazy. Eric does too. He, only, he looked like he was only a couple of years older than his supposed daughter. And even like uh, the grandpa, Kurtwood Smith, I, be, I believe he's like 79. He doesn't look 79. No, no. <laughs> so. And mom had a lot of makeup on, but uh, but she really didn't look that, that much older either. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's one of those things that even though, uh, you know, I'm obviously uh, pretty lukewarm on it, it's just, it's neat that they did it. Like, hey, why not? All these people are still around. Netflix has got money to burn. Yeah, sure. Why not? That 90s show. But, but yeah, if you really want to see that 90s show, just, just go watch Friends. <laughs> Friends, it was, they were on the ground like soldiers in the actual 90s. There is no 90s show more 90s than that, and there never will be. So. I say this like I'm some huge fan of Friends. I don't give a fuck about Friends. It's just that it's very 90s. Oh, know? yeah, and they all did interact so well with each other. Yeah. Like, like you really could believe that they were friends. Hey.